Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. Aside from our Ephesian series to uh, talk about transition and trusting God in the midst of transition, which is not always easy because it says a lot about what we've been through before, but it also says a lot about um, God's heart for us. And uh, I know that he, you know, God is telling us always to only trust and only believe, but it's not easy when everything is like up in the air and it doesn't feel like anything is settled. God usually settles things by stirring things up. <laughs> it's like, uh, I thought you were going to settle all this stuff, but he starts to stir up things in us and our need to hold on to things that he wants to pull away from us sometime. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we are in this body. We ha- I think we have a grace in this time to really move in the freedom that God has given us uh, to try different things, but also to move with the certainty that he is with us. Say that with, say that with me. God is with us. All right, say it with your chest a little bit better. God is with us. I know sometimes that it, it, it seems like he abandons you, but I have lived a long time, and I know what I know best is that the teacher is always silent during the test. He is, we are walking through something, um, but he is with us. The problem with transition is you can also use the title disappointment. Trusting through disappointment. Whenever you're transitioning or moving into something else, all of your hopes and dreams seem to be laid to the wayside of what you were expecting the, the season that you're moving out of to give you. I was expecting everything to look like this way. It was supposed to be um, pretty full in here, God. And so I can't talk about transition without talking about the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is you can fit an elephant in this room. <laughs> It's that you could, we have a lot of space, a lot of space. And so that's why it's going to be important for us um, to move to a smaller space. So I was just like, all right, God, how do we walk through this? And so I got, was just praying and heard this. And I'm like, all right, God, I can't really go back into Holy Week because that's illegal, right? We're, we're past Easter, so I can't talk about Holy Week but here we are. We're going back to Holy Week. And in this passage, I mentioned before on Easter how Jesus was going back and forth from Bethany to Jerusalem for the, for the Holy Week. And Bethany was a, a home. It was home like, like home to him. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, um, siblings, they all lived in the city. And it was a place where he could go kind of relax and put his feet up. So the woman breaking a jar of costly ointment and pouring it on his feet, that happened in Bethany. And so he would spend the night in Bethany, and in a day, he would take this road and go to Jerusalem and preach. And this is where this takes place. 
So as you know, Jesus, this Holy Week, he is feeling the tension of knowing his time is winding up. He is literally in the midst of the greatest transition mankind has ever seen. The tension is building up knowing when I spend the night in Jerusalem, I am going to die there. So I have to make sure that I'm easing my way back to Bethany. And in the morning, I'm easing my way back to Jerusalem. And in the midst of that, this happens. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem back from Bethany, Spending the night, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. And then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again, and immediately the fig tree withered up. Later on, his disciples were like, man, why, why did you, that's crazy that you said that. He said, surely if you believe, you could tell this mountain to be cast into the ocean, it'll be cast into the ocean. He cursed the tree, and it will never bear fruit again. And sometimes I get a, a, a verse and I'm like, oh God, I know exactly what this means. This really didn't make that much sense to me because I'm like, how does this fit where we are? You cursed the tree and told it that it wouldn't have fruit again. That's not what we're going for, God. <laughs> we're going for fruitfulness. What's, what's going on? But God is cautious to give us the appearance of fruit without evidence. You see, Jesus was actually speaking to Jerusalem. He was saying, I look from afar off and you got hella leaves, right? You look beautiful. You look like there would be a lot of tasty fruit on you, right? You get up close and you start to examine. It's like, it's no fruit on this thing. I got tricked. Everything that looked from the outside, right? It was amazing. It had a nice edifice, right? It had plenty of parking. It had people were streaming inside. It had the appearance of fruit. But I get close and I go, oh, no, there's no fruit on this tree. I'm going to curse it and it will never bear fruit again. We have to be very cautious of the crowd without the crown. Now, I know that this is a place like I'm addressing the elephant in the room, that there you could fit an elephant in this room. And we're like, God, we just, we just need, we, we normally go, God, we just need the appearance. We need the appearance of us being healthy, Father. We need the appearance of us being successful. Don't we all want to be a success, God? But it, it just seems like we're, we're constantly in this struggle, Father. What is going on? And he's saying, I really need you to understand that your roots need to be right for your fruit to be right. And that ultimately he is protecting us from an examination that finds us with no fruit. And what is fruit? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, those things that are, okay, I'm a Christian, I got that fruit. Fruit is salvation. It's discipleship. It's people being healed, people being encouraged. This is the fruit that I don't want to appear to have. It's something that you come and look, somebody is looking for sustenance, and we don't have any substance. Somebody is looking, they need to eat, they need to be fed, they need to to experience God and his goodness, taste and see that the Lord is good. And they come, and there is no sustenance. There is only the appearance of it. 
everything that we're doing, attempting to transition us into a different space and move us through this, this season is us so that we will have substance and not appearance. There's plenty of places with evidence. And we don't just want the appearance. We want the evidence of God actually moving and doing things. The order of this growth is very slow. (laughs) Slow. Growth is slow. Because if it happens like this, boom, it's going to be lost like that. Boom. It is a slow process and it tests every bit of our metal and tests every bit of our determination to the word God has spoken to us. Spoken to us individually and as a body and said we would thrive and said we would see people coming in droves back to church. But it's not happening. Nobody wants to go to church no matter what we do. What's going on, God? And there's something still deep inside of us his word, his promise that he's put inside of us that says us, we cannot give up. And sometimes we think, he just didn't want to give it to us anyway. Transition and disappointment and we're moving into a new season and it's, he didn't want to give it to us anyway. Why should I have to change and move in a different direction from the original word that he's given me. He just didn't want to give it to me anyway. The fruit, that is. But he's a good father who loves to give good gifts. That maybe right now is a moment to reorient ourselves to his promises. You know what happens, what success is really in, in, as a Christian, as a believer? It is when you can detach your understanding belief in God having a good will for for you from what things look like externally. I know it's crazy. It seems like, okay, I need evidence, Father, that you're actually, your promises are true, but so much of our life is dealing with the silence of the teacher and how the enemy will slide in that time. See, he doesn't care about you anyway. (laughs) Yeah, see, look, that thing that you thought, it's never going to happen. And it won't happen if we give up. If we give up turning to him and loving his presence more than anything. Before we can get to the appearance, hunger produces pursuit, pursuit fruits, and fruit leaves. This is a natural order for us to make sure when somebody arrives that they find sustenance and substance. That it's just not the appearance. That somebody would walk in here not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Somebody would walk in here under the oppression of depression. And because we have the appearance, there is no power for that to be broken in their lives. Someone walks in with broken relationships and, and the healing that's needed in their hearts and needed in the hearts of those around them. And there is no power here. It is only the appearance of that. That in the midst of us stirring up hunger, prayer and worship night, opportunities to pray, going, reaching out to our community, 
This is us attempting to stir up hunger for God and his goodness. We can't circumnavigate the process and go right to the appearance. Now, corporations have the luxury of doing that. They can pay somebody and get marketing and do all this amazing stuff, and they give the appearance of health and the appearance of wealth. But a church must take the slow path. Say slow. Slow. (laughs) And the old adage goes, if you go slow, you go together. You go fast, you go alone. And it's hard. It's hard because... We love to be comfy. Anybody in here have a comfy? One of those wearable blankets? Yeah, okay. That's, my whole family has a comfy, I think, except for me. There's a couple people that don't have one. <laughs> those things are cozy and very American. Um, but it, it, we love comfort, you know? We love things we can control. We love being... In one place, we love knowing where everything goes. Like I said, sometimes you ever been to an old person's house and you start moving stuff around. (laughs) They lose it. (laughs) Where did you put my socks? I don't know. (laughs) The older you get, the more you become convinced that you can control things. In actuality, we can't. It is only a temporary state of being. I promise you, every bit of thing that you think you can control, it is temporary at best. What we can control is our hunger and our pursuit of the Lord because it gives us such a different perspective of all that he does. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? This is also a part of transition is, maybe I heard him wrong. Did God really say that? Did God say you're supposed to stay here? Did God really say that we would grow? Did God really say that I was supposed to move with our family back here from Tulsa? Did did God really say that? Everything becomes up for grabs when things don't look the way we thought they should look. When things aren't as perfect as they should be. Maybe I heard him wrong. Maybe that time I came here and I was arrested by God's presence and my heart was open and he was moving. That was a mistake. But I'm here to say, oh, you heard him right. You heard him right in your heart. But time, distance. Last week, what did I talk about? Isolation and unity, right? What does distance do? Distance makes you go, did God say? Distance will always do that. It's perfect for that, for taking us in a completely different direction than we're called to be. Did God say that? Come on, come over here so I can talk to you about all the ways that he's disappointed you and how he's going to continue to disappoint you. But God said he did. That thing that was in your heart that caused you to continue to believe 
This wasn't an easy week, faced with a lot of transition and decisions. And I met with the pastor and his wife of the congregation here, and um, it was, you know, it was crazy. It was just like them wanting us to stay, and I understand why. I told them the space is too small for us, or it's too big for us, and we need a smaller space that we can fit in, that we can be welcoming, and um, they really, like, wanted us to stay here. But I had, I was convinced, as our leadership had been praying about this for so long, all through Lent and and considering what God is doing and, uh, you know, how do we go forward in so many ways with our budget issues and, and wanting to believe what God is going to do in this neighborhood, faced with this decision and this transition, it helped me understand what God is always preparing us for. That all these things that we talk about as believers, if, if they don't work in the midst of change, then they probably don't even work but it is going to cause us to have to go to a deeper place. And that same Thursday that I met with them was the craziest day, weather day. And I feel like that's how weather goes when it's in a transition. It's stormy. It's like cold. It's hot. The wind is blowing everything open. And then I look up at the sky and see a rainbow. And then I remember his promises. And I remember the last time I saw a rainbow. And then I remember all the little ways that he's led us to this point. And all these little things that he's done. And I go, oh, that's the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is the obvious way that he's led us all to this point that we're standing at. It is not what is missing. It is what he has done to continue to remember that. Because if I decide to look at what is not happening in my life, I will continue to have a list that grows. But I must let his word and his promises to me grow. I must always be able to think about the series of coincidences. And people call Jehovah sneaky. I must think about all those things that have lined up for me to be in the place that I'm at. And go... He brought me from there? I'm sure he didn't bring me here to leave me. And that's how I feel about our body, that he did not bring us here to leave us. Naturally, transition brings up all of our doubt, and it is joy mixed with sorrow. And that's how it was when I was meeting with them. It's joyful of like, okay, we got... We have a way forward. We have another side of the boat to throw our net to. But then it's sorrow with breaking up with somebody that basically you've been in a marriage with. Meeting in the same space. Two churches here. Joyful. God, look at the promises of this next season and our ways that we're going to be able to reach our community better. But dang, it's a lot of crap in this building too, Jesus. Joy. Sorrow comes together, that he's making us lean so we can lean not on our own understanding. This week I had a dream, 
and in his dream was this beautiful yacht. It was like in a French Alps or something like that, and it was like almost like a top-down view of it. And it looked like it was millions of dollars. And it was just moving around the water that was in this river beautifully. And it was calm. It wasn't any kind of struggle going on. It was just a real peaceful journey. And I woke up, I'm like, what does this mean? And the water, I remember, was crystal clear. Like, you could see everything in the water. Nothing was was murky to me. I woke up like in an assurance like God is leading us somewhere. That he's going to lead us to where we can thrive, to where everything is not going to seem murky, is going to be very clear, and that is heart for us. And so then I go to my devotional the same day when all of the pastors from around the city and Missio Day, we meet on Tuesdays to pray and encourage each other. And the first verse that Melissa reads is this one. And then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. And the rest of it said, no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of a sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Knowing that even sometimes we don't feel worthy, in our transition. But he is worthy. There is, you know, plenty that is not very clear right now. And sometimes it feels foolish to walk with such a great confidence in the dark. But this is the beauty of the life that we live, of walking with Jesus and knowing that he will never, ever leave us and never forsake us. And although I'm not worthy, he is, and his love will be revealed. In 1 Corinthians 3, 13 and 12, says, for now we see only reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. That we are loved even when it doesn't look right. That we believed even when all looked barren. That we hungered when we are comfortable as could be. We trusted when all seemed to be topsy-turvy, and we pursued even when we couldn't think properly. You guys want to stand up? 
that we can trust him in the midst of the unknown because he knows us so well. And our prayer is that we would continue to spur and spark us on to good deeds and into hunger. Put your hand over your heart. Father, I just thank you today for change. Yes, I am thanking you for change. That you shake our foundation. That you release us into new places. You do so because you love us so much. Teach us to hunger and thirst after you and desire the real fruits, not just the appearance of fruits, but the real fruit that is love, peace, your joy, and your kindness, but ultimately it is your love. Let us be known as a place where people feel loved and they feel that we are reflecting the heart of God well. And I thank you for that, Father. In Jesus